Let's kick it off. I don't know why I get nervous every time. It's all right. It's good. It's just uh, we're basically here to to dive deep into well, – in episode one we're going to dive deep into who are you and what has shaped us to be who we are today, what's brought us to this point, what are some of the biggest lessons, some of the biggest you – know, both positive and negative lessons that have shaped who we are, the way we think and I'm uh, pumped to – Get into some of it. We did a bit of a test run last week and some good content came out. So we're gonna get into a little bit more here today. Yeah, I'm excited. It's Me such too. it's such um a deep question. Something that I think everyone should understand. Mm. Who are you? And you don't really get asked often. Like a deep someone you can have a conversation with someone, but it can easily be brushed away yeah. and not get deeper into the conversation. I think it'll be interesting once we, after the introduction, to um, introduce personality to the podcast and get to know them as well. I think it'll be pretty cool. Yeah, man. So tell me, I'm going to open it up with a big question. In straight off the, the bat. Straight off the bat. Let's get, let's get into it. <laughs> so tell me, give me a, a five-minute rundown of E.T. E.T.? E.T. is Canadian mm-hmm. who speak French. He's from a small town in Quebec called Bécamo. There's like 30,000 people that live there, maybe less now, because people just go away because it's so small in, up north in Canada. Cold? Yeah. Yeah. Winter, like minus 30, yeah, minus well. 25. It gets cold. Yeah. Fucking cold. And you were there till how old? Uh, 18. 18, I left to um, England just for fun. With your family? No, nah, by myself. Right. I had some, I don't know, I had, I was pretty insecure where I lived because of some shits that happened. Mm-hmm. And I just felt like, so uh, my plan was to go in uni or college, whatever you want to, you want to call it here. And... So back home, the schooling system works like when you finish high school and you haven't done like, um, you can do higher math. Mm-hmm. Anyway, basically I was going to school for adults, which every, the schooling system should be like this everywhere. So anyway, I just done that. I saw something on the wall to work in England and I just started making some research and I was like, fuck, let's do this. And what was the work in England that you went As a for? dish pig. Did you move to England to wash dishes? <laughs> yeah, to travel, just yeah. to escape, I guess. Yeah. Escape, I should say. Yeah. That's the right thing. To what do. were you escaping? Um, a lot of things, I think. I just don't know how to get into that mm. in a quick three minutes. It's been five minutes already. <laughs> um, so basically... To get back to the who are you questions, my parents split up when I was in third or second grade, maybe fourth. Yeah. And um, we spoke about that in the other bit of the podcast. Mm. But yeah, yeah go that's there never That's never going <laughs> to air. So basically, I came up. So we're back home in school. I told you last time, but I'll go for a little breakdown quickly. Yeah, yeah. So back home, it works out that at lunchtime when you're in school, primary school or high school, it doesn't matter. So the bus come and pick you up at school. 
they bring you home and then you have lunch with your mom, dad, or whatever by yourself if you've got no parents at home. And then they pick you back up. So for at lunchtime, the bus just dropped me at home. Then I walk, little E.T. walks in the house and my mom is at the table fucking crying with a letter for my dad saying that she's um, leaving him. And um, that's basically the first, I think that's the thing that shaped, started to shape who I was because it just brought me to like, um, it would have been some sort of energy that I got from that, that my mom was just escaping. Mm. Like, So the letter was from your mom to your dad? Yeah. Saying that she was going? Yeah. Yeah, right. And did you know that was, because how old were you? Nah, I would have been maybe less than 10 years old, I'm pretty yeah, sure. Okay. And it, it, it's a crazy thing. I never, we spoke about that last time. I never put into perspective the fact that being the man coming back to your house and your wife or fiance, they were fiance, they just got engaged. Right. I remember that. And, um, and my sister, because I have a sister, she's two years older than me. And she really resent my mom a lot. And I just really understood why just before last time, before we podcast last time. Yeah. Uh, what was the question again? Yeah, I'm just interested to learn a little bit more about how it actually went down and what you knew or understood at the time. So you left with your mum yeah. and your sister stayed with your dad. Yeah, well, so we left to Quebec City. Quebec City is about like four and a half hours away. So not, not close at all. It's not like my mom left in town. She fucking escaped four hours away. Um, and can I ask you a question on that? Yeah. What was the? What do you think was the biggest reason why she left? I think my dad is an alcoholic. Right. He was really um, angry. Mm. And I think, um, yeah, I think that's the main reason. I think she also had... Or she's got like gambling issues. I don't know if we should talk about it. I don't know. My mom probably doesn't care. It's, it's up to you, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like it's crazy because these issues, you can see them in yourself. And then you, when that's when you, when you ask the question, who are you? You can understand why you're like this. That's everything that you are comes. Mm. Most of it, I would say, I don't know in percentage, but I would say comes from your parents. And You know something really interesting as well is that I think every single person has – addictions oh man you know and whether we realize it or not it's like we all have addictions whether it's to social media whether it's to exercise whether it's to unhealthy relationships whether it's to alcohol gambling whatever i don't think there's anybody that doesn't have a, some form of addiction to something and it's like yeah is it being aware of it then is it a healthy one or unhealthy etc and I, I know myself that training over the years for me has been a healthier addiction to focus time and energy on and because I don't think there's anybody that doesn't have some form of, yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. It's funny that you yeah. talked about it because when you think about it really in the same way that you're thinking about it right now, mm. it's true. Everyone's kind of addicted to something. Yeah. And there's some people that's got more of an addic addictive personalities than others. They can just get addicted to anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, all right, so you've moved out with your mum. So, and then what, where, what happened from there? So I went up to with my mom in Quebec City and then she, for some reason, I had to go back to my dad. 
because she probably couldn't afford to have me or I'm not too sure, to be honest. Yeah. I had to go back to school. I was enrolled in school because she, she just took me away mid fucking school. Yeah. School day. And um, I probably had to go back. And I'm pretty sure my dad had moved away already. I can't recall like the amount of time. It would have yeah. been at least a month or two. Yeah. Without going to school. Yeah, wow. And I don't know what I was doing. I was doing nothing mm. as a kid, like you're a little kid. And um, probably thinking a lot. That's probably why I'm like that. I just think a lot all the time. <laughs> and I went back to my dad and then it was just like, um, I was just by myself a lot, I guess. Um, yeah. I, yeah. And because the way this came up the last time we were talking was the question was to E.T., what was one of the biggest turning points in your life or events that shaped you? And that was what came up, right? Yeah. That was the answer. The answer was, yeah, parents separating when you were about what, eight, nine, ten, somewhere there. Yeah, something like that. Um, and here's something really interesting was that asking the question, listening to your answer, um, we've become yeah, really close friends and like-minded and think very similarly in a lot of aspects of what we do and believe in life, et cetera. And um, we both have an older sibling, two years older than us. Both of our parents split up when we were – well, when I was about 13. So it was only within a few years mm-hmm. of each other as well. And I thought that was fucking interesting. Our, our story is a little bit similar. Yeah, talk about that. Let's, let's, switch. Hey. let's, switch, let's switch, switch it to you, yeah. Dan. I talked about maybe not your – yeah, maybe your first – I think trauma. I think trauma shapes, shapes us. Yeah. Yeah. So you kind of – change yourself a little bit Re, i would say rebirth that's a bit deep yeah but you just change um what, what was your first i think in the big scheme of things i would have to say first of all like i'm lucky that i haven't had any major trauma in my life but thinking back in terms of childhood and stuff yeah having my parents separate being only pretty young i think i was 13 at the time was by far the biggest turning point and um your parents still in the, in the area though? Yeah, yeah, both are still around. I still see them regularly, my mum more so than my dad. But, yeah, my dad left when I was 13 and and I'll never forget I was up the road at my friend's house, my best friend's house, and he came up and he said, uh, oh, I'm going away for a little while and didn't really – well, I had a bit of a feeling what was going down because they used to fight a lot, always yelling and arguing and screaming and stuff too. So it wasn't a healthy environment and we haven't actually had this conversation up until literally three or four weeks ago, went out for lunch together and sat down. My dad and I had a good chat about it. And this is, you know, we're talking 20 years later. Mm-hmm. We finally spoke about it. That's amazing, man. Which is crazy. Yeah. But it was actually a really cool afternoon to, yeah, get his, a bit more of his perspective on it and stuff. So that was definitely a turning point where my brother and I, yeah, sort of had a hard time and without a father figure in place as well. I think that's one of the biggest things. And sort of so you you were living with your mum, yeah, mostly, yeah, yeah, my brother and I with my mum, and we both over the years ended up probably a little bit more on the the not the wrong side of the law, but just getting up to a little bit more mischief than we may have, yeah, yeah. if things are a bit more stable, mm-hmm. I don't know, but yeah, my older brother a little bit more so than me, he got himself into a little trouble and and uh, we both ran with crowds that probably weren't ideal at the time um but yeah it is very interesting how that has shaped and directed our lives to where we are now 
But yeah, um, it's going back to your dad. Or do you think? Um, I just want to ask this quickly. Do you think you know? That's pretty deep, but it's good. It's called going deep. So yeah. let's yeah. go for it. Um, do you think you don't see your dad as much because of like some sort of resentment, or it's just because he's not in the area, or he's? he's for, I don't know where he lives. Yeah, but yeah I'm just like yeah. Yeah, so he's just like literally 20 minutes down south. But um, yeah, there's definitely a part of me that still I would say isn't 100% over that. Mm-hmm. That's you understandable. Yeah. So yeah, it's hard, man, seeing your, your family get broken up and stuff as you'd understand. Mm-hmm. So yeah, there's definitely be shit there that need to probably still work on and and um, I guess let go. So yeah, in to answer to your question, yes, that's probably a yeah, big yeah. part of it. Yeah, that's because my sister, I, can, I, I can't relate to it because I don't have – Resentment. I have resentment towards like my dad being a, a drunk or whatever, mm. but that's why I don't drink. But my sister is the same. She still, as soon as my mom would just like, let's say, my mom's pretty sick at the moment. She's not like healthy at all. And if she can't go to see my sister's kid, my sister like will, won't talk to my mom for like three months. Yeah, right. And tell her like shit, like whatever, like horrible stuff. Mm. So. I can understand why you feel like that, but mm. I can't relate. Yeah. Yeah. So probably should skip that question. No, nah, no. Nah, but um, something I want to talk about, though, I would just want to say, like, it's amazing how. So my sister is 30, so I'm 30. I was born in 85, mm. which makes me 30. He doesn't know how old he is, <laughs> just quietly. I think it's amazing the way that you can turn yourself around because of what you've become now and. What do you think was, is the major, like you would have had the shift because you say you ended up with maybe on the wrong side of the law, which is, um, can happen to anyone. Um, anyway, it doesn't matter. Mm. What do you think changed completely that you realized, fuck, I'm better than this or whatever? Not that it's bad to you. Anyway. Yeah. You yeah, understand yeah. the question. I just don't want to offend anyone listening. Yeah. But what was the shift that when you were starting so let's say you're doing some bad shit and then you realize, fuck, I'm better than this. Mm. Um, I don't know the answer to that, I don't think. It's just a combination of things slowly getting worse. So like, like smoking weed, for example, drinking, and then hanging around with more and more people who that their lives revolved around that sort of stuff, then into like breaking into cars and just sort of, you know, slowly watching things getting a little bit worse – and then being arrested a couple of times and like still being underage, not even 18 yet. And I think looking, yeah, maybe getting a wake-up call where like being arrested underage for, you know, carrying weed and, and stuff like that. And um, I had a knife on me as well. You know, I was only 16 or 17 years old and I was lucky because I was underage. If you're overage and you get caught with drugs and weapons and stuff like that, there's a chance to get a criminal record and there's affect your career and affect your ability to travel the world and affect – you know, your path and all this sort of thing. So I think that for me was like, fuck, a bit of a, a wake-up call where I was lucky slap on the wrist but it was enough to redirect and have a reevaluate things like well, what what path do I actually want to go down and if it doesn't change early on it may just get worse and worse and, you know, who fucking knows. Mm-hmm. So that's cool that this young age, you 16 years old, you realise that you're better than this. Well, you know who instilled that in me was my, my dad. Mm-hmm. He would always say things like, 
you have to be very careful with who you keep close to you, who your friends are and who you spend time with as well because how much they will influence who you become and just realising that, yeah, some of the company I was keeping wasn't heading, like leading me in the right direction, mm-hmm. you know what I mean, around, yeah, path where drugs are involved and all that sort of stuff. So I, I do remember clearly coming to a point where there were certain people and I just said, look, I think it might be for the best that we, yeah, don't spend as much time together, for example, knowing that, not so much in the short term, but in the long term, how that could affect, yeah, the the life I end up living. Yeah, yeah, that's that's crazy. Yeah, uh, but yeah, like so said, that's good. That's that's so tough. Thing is, yeah, fucking oath. Yeah, yeah. It's telling your friends that's and, tough. Of realizing this at a young age like that, mm. there's people that still hold on to those friends. So that's yeah. that's crazy. Yeah, yeah. But what were you gonna say? Sorry. Oh, I guess thinking about. Yeah, the fact, like like I said before, a bit of resentment around my dad and leaving and different things. There's still some really, really strong life lessons that he instilled in my brother and myself. Yeah, I was going to say that. You know? Yeah. That even though he wasn't around that much, but he did – he was an awesome dad mm-hmm. you know, when, when he was there and stuff and, yeah, helped us um, yeah, learn some really, really important things and prioritise certain things as well, which is, which is really cool. And um, I think my brother even put up a post recently on our – on our page about it as well. Yeah, something along those lines, which is pretty cool. Because he took it a lot worse than I did. He was a fucking angry man. Your brother. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And like you said, it related to your sister as well, but being older, I think sometimes you get affected worse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and um, – but one thing I will say is I think that the lesson – I honestly think that the lesson in that, like having to step up – as a young man and provide for myself a little bit more at a higher level has given me a honestly has given me like a better work ethic and a higher level of responsibility in life to get after things and chase after things. Cause I honestly thought if, I think if I was brought up in a household where everything was given to me and I didn't have to work hard or do as much, I probably, you know, wouldn't have been able to build a business to the level that we have and things like that. Mm-hmm. So I can look back and sort of be grateful for the opportunity to develop a bit more mental toughness and grit and shit like that. Yeah. I can can relate to that too. hundred uh, percent. Kind of shape your a tougher mindset than if you're if you've got it easy your whole life. Yeah, well that's that's not that it's bad to have mm. nothing bad happening to you. Anyway, that, but yeah, how's it how's that? You know, you had some tough times in your life help shape your mindset or work ethic. Because you work for yourself, you do really well. You know, freelancing videography and doing some really cool shit. Thanks, man. Um, how would you be doing that if you had a really smooth upbringing? Do you think? Nah, I think I would have been a complete different person if my parents stayed together. Yeah, but I've always been um, talking to my mom. I've been, I talked to my mom a lot, and she'd always say like I was playing by myself. No, that sounds fucking wrong. <laughs> <laughs> but I was playing a lot, like just making up stories and stuff like that, yeah, being yeah. a really creative kid. Yeah. And uh, I had friends, I always had really just close, um, like two, three friends that I'm really close with and I'm still the same. Yeah. Um. But yeah, just making up stories by myself. So it's hard to say if I would be the same or not, but I think I have this, every time I have an ID, I just... um. I have to go 100% and just try to make it happen. Mm. And what's the question again? Just in terms of how how some of the hardships have shaped you, I guess, but a more specific question would be what 
other than parents breaking up, mm-hmm. what would be another turning point in your life? What would be another oh, big life lesson you've had? That's um, that's fucking embarrassing. But I had this uh, foursome with <laughs> three girls. <laughs> <laughs> and honestly, as stupid as it sounds, it shaped me because of what happened after. Yeah. So um, obviously, so yeah, I had this foursome, and then um, there was I had the the goaltender, the goaltender of my hockey team was one of his girlfriend, and that's a shit move. I know that. Right. I'm older now. I understand everything. And then the next day, I just tell him. Pretty, yeah. I'm a pretty honest person. Like, yeah. call him. I told him. I was working, so I decided, fuck, I need to get off, get this off my chest, you idiot. But then anyway, we had a fight, and then it was like, kicked my, you uh, need my teeth in, so I lost, I lost like three and a half teeth. So that was, that, that was um special feeling. How old were you? I was in high school, so I was maybe like 16. Yeah. But then after that, I just had a bunch of shit like that. I don't know if I can talk about just for respect for that yeah, 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 female, yeah, yeah, but yeah. she was a bit mental. Okay. Like uh, making up stories. I was pretty bad. And I had a few like conversations I had to had with different boyfriends that she had after. And I, mm-hmm. after that, it was just shit. Like just, I would walk by myself at night. I would have this group of friends, which they were a little bit more fucking aggressive I'd say yeah like I was just a fucking small I'm still small but I was a still fucking small skinny kid yeah by myself and like fuck I'm not a fighter I'm not gonna lie that like I'm fucking Conor McGregor yeah like uh, I can defend myself but nothing like these guys and yeah they were like tough guys a rough that had a probably a rougher upbringing or choose a different direction that just make them aggressive or whatever yeah and just screaming at me at night and just little things that like made me want to fucking escape. Yeah, and that's right. when I left for England. Mm. Like that's two years of me fucking being scared of like, let's say going in a, in a bar because you're underage to yeah. go out. Yeah. So I, was, I never knew if like they were going to be there and if I was going to have to fucking fight or something like that. Just always looking over your shoulder or yeah, yeah. not feeling safe. And that's still something that like um, I still hold on to. Let's say I go out at night or whatever. Mm. I know that I'm scared, but like it's still like in the back of my mind if yeah. I see someone dodgy. Yeah. And when you think about that, I think you just attract it mm-hmm. and it just followed me for a while. But now it's not as bad because I think I just like to think I'm tougher than I was. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that's something that played a massive, probably this, my mom and this is the two biggest thing that I can think of. Yeah. Because then when I escaped, you, when you kind of escape something, you kind of get addicted to it a little bit. Not that you want to escape the good things, but you want to escape like the bad things. And um, that just give me the travel addiction, I think. Mm. So you went to England from there, worked as a dish pig? Yeah. And then? Then, what did I do? It's funny because I had this, so I stayed there for 10, 10 months and I still had that like, these little English boys one one night that were screaming at me like French cunt, sorry, C word. Yeah. At me and like <laughs> threw a bottle at me and then fuck, that's when I decided, fuck, I need to escape again. Yeah. Well. Then I went back home and then my dad didn't want to take me back. And I was just like twenty. And I wanted to fucking go back to school and study a little bit, which didn't work well with me. Um 
but yeah, I went back to study cinema and um, cinema and theater and communication, and then that didn't work out. I just dropped out like a, a year and a half into it, and that's why I always say to give advice to like, did you go to school? Did I? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. Okay, well, that doesn't work. <laughs> <laughs> Why? But did you go to uni and... Uh, no, no, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So no, I, was, I made it to year 12, but yeah, I spent a fair bit of that time wagging a lot of classes and days. But yeah, I made it through and then no no uh, education after that. Yeah, yeah. So that's what I mean. Like, I don't mean to like... You should finish high school, really. Like, everyone should do that. Yeah. But after that, I just think like it's just a bunch of shit that... I've, I've worked probably like... It's funny, I interviewed um, Kerwin Ray for, for Less Motivation. Yeah. It was just explaining how he had like a million jobs, not a million jobs literally, but yeah, like yeah. he had a bunch of shit of jobs. And um, I don't know why that just popped up in my head, maybe because you're in this program. Yeah. But anyway, and I'm just, it's the same. I just had so many jobs. If you name a job, I've probably done it. Give me a quick list of what are some of them. Fuck it. I drove taxi. I was a taxi, <laughs> taxi driver. Yeah. Um, fucking working every possible job that you can think about in a, not, what's it, what is it called? Hospitality. Yeah, that one. Yeah. Um, in a restaurant. Yeah, so running food and all yeah. that sort of stuff. Yeah, right. Uh, gardener, landscaper. Yeah. Um, oh, fucking anything. Like, honestly. Everything. Yeah. Personal trainer that I did for a while. Yeah, nice. It, a lot of things. I would just, I, as soon as I didn't like it, I would just stop. Okay. Or because I didn't like it, I, I, I would not care and get fired. Yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah. Until I, I always had a camera in my hand and I always knew that I loved that. Um, now, when did you start, when did you go full time in photography, videography? So just before we had Indy. Okay, and she Indy is your daughter. Who two, was, how old? Yeah, two. <laughs> for people that doesn't know, Indy, she's just about to be two. Okay, so that's not even. I actually talked about that with Cassie yesterday because I was just I just had a fucking rebirth lately that I keep talking about. That's amazing. Yeah, and um, yeah, she was like, "It's crazy what you've done in just under two years." Because yeah, I'm fully living from that. Yeah, and it's just it's growing and growing and. Like I would say I just deployed very specific amount of energy into what I love to make it grow. I wouldn't say that like um, I think you're a fucking hard worker mm. and you, but I would say I just I don't know. Where so to, when you say specific amount of energy, you're saying not more like not – are you saying a huge amount or not a huge amount? So I think I could work if I would work a lot harder. Mm. I don't. I don't think I can though. Yeah. I don't think it's in. It's in me. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's just being self-aware that of that. Yeah. I just think I know when to push and I know when to slow down. Yeah. Because yeah. that's such an interesting topic. I think about it all the time in terms of because the question that I was going to ask you next was when you said you could work harder, but I was going to ask you, but are you happy? Like yeah. If you're making a full-time career out of your passion which i think is something that only a small percentage of the population in the whole world actually get to do um if you're able to make a good living off that and yeah even though even if you could work harder are you happy i think 
what I've got to do is work like smarter. Mm. I think, yeah, that's what I need to do. And that's the thing, like the definition of, you know, success is different for for a lot of people too. Some people it's just the dollar value, it's just what type of car they drive or where they live or whatever. But if I think if you can have a work-life balance and have a family and do what you love, then you're fucking winning. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, but um, don't you have that feeling that when you start making like mon- a lot of – a bit more money, yeah. that it's kind of addictive? You kind of yeah, want – Yeah, it's, it's just how I feel all the time. And it's like you you think you're going to reach an amount that you're satisfied and mm. then you're like you just want more, you just want to achieve more. Yeah. I think it just becomes like really addictive into – yeah. I think a hard thing as well is looking at your spending habits and then – you know, your earnings as well because what happens with a lot of people, you start to earn more money and you just upgrade your lifestyle to be a more expensive lifestyle. So you drive <laughs> – seriously, you drive yeah. nicer cars, you spend more money, you know, socialising or shopping or whatever and that's a trap that we can fall into, yeah, right? Where, yeah, you're earning more than you were last year but you're spending more as well and then sometimes when, you, when you're not aware of that – then you start to, you know, you're going around in circles in a pretty vicious cycle of working harder, making more money, but just spending more, et cetera, and then looking at, well, why are we spending more? And is it just to impress people that, you know, don't really matter in our lives? Yeah, and, it is. Yeah. There's no one that spends more money or maybe like for for themselves. Mm. That's something I understood. I think I like to live in, the, I don't know if that's, Maybe people can relate. I like to live in a nice place. Yeah. But like I don't really care about things. Yeah. But obviously I care about gear that like is going to make a difference in my income, I yeah. believe. Or like cars and clothes and fuck, you see me all the time. I'm always wear the same shit. Like I don't <laughs> care about that at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think if I would do it, it would, it would be to impress people. One thing that I want is like a Range Rover. Yeah. But like right. do I need that? It's is it just to roll out fucking at a gym and say, yeah. show that I've got a Range Rover? Yes. Yeah, yeah. It's no other reason well, than that. Yeah, exactly. Like what yeah. other reason really, like unless you really, really love the engineering behind them or you want to go fucking forward driving in luxury. Yeah. <laughs> no, but it's true. And I'm not yeah. saying that I don't fall victim to the same shit, you know. We all do to some degree, but it's how do you cultivate that awareness. And here's something that I've done recently that that to try and help with that is the affirmation side of things. So I've got an affirmation that I read to myself every day. Mm-hmm. and What is it? Oh, it's fucking long, man. Because um, I, add, I add to it frequently and change things and stuff, but it basically says, so it says I'm strong, I'm fit, I'm healthy, I'm capable of anything. I believe in myself. I'm a good leader. I inspire people to achieve their true potential. And it even then I've gone into detail in terms of like success of the business. Um, you you know, say that out loud? Yeah. Oh, that's good. Yeah, yeah. So it's on my computer and I'll just sit there every morning and read through it. And I even added in there, I do not spend or waste money on unnecessary material things to feed my ego, you know, and just try and remind myself of that. Do you know why? Because here's the thing. People might think that it sounds weird to be reading that shit to yourself or whatever, but I think when you look at how many inputs Uh, we have. I believe in it 100%. Yeah. And like if you jump on social media and you watch TV and – you know, you're driving down the street, we're bombarded with these advertisements trying to say, you know, if you're, if you've got this type of car, you're successful. If you wear this type of shoes or you buy this suit or you do this and whatever. It's a trap. Yeah. And if those inputs are coming in 50 times, a hundred times, 200 times a day, what are we doing to combat and bring ourselves back to like a clarity or neutral or whatever, you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. that's just my attempt to remind myself on a daily basis I don't need to buy shit to feed my ego to try and impress people yeah, that yeah. don't really matter. 
And again, a couple of hours later, sometimes I forget, but then come back to it at least once a day, at least a couple of times a yeah, day. Yeah. And they just talk about like, love the book, um, Napoleon Hill, Think and Grow Rich. Mm-hmm. And they talk about like, you know, five times in the morning, five times at it's night. It's on the shelf behind you. There you go. Yeah. And that's one of the, yeah, 13 traits of the most successful mm. uh, 500 people in the world. All right. So let, sorry to cut you off. No, that's cool. Let's, um, so we just dived a little bit into me. Yeah. So let's go back to you, your yeah. dad left and then you were on the wrong side. What I want to know. So I know a little bit about how definition started. Yeah. But like prior to how did you find out that thought, this is what I want to do? Like how old were you? Like, yeah, what happened? What's when, what's the big, the really beginning of like Dan, the man wanting to build this massive thing. Was it, were you younger? Like get into details of how yeah, it started. So, yeah. So definition fitness began. And you've been with Nat, sorry, for when did you guys meet? Like in high school. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, so we're high school sweethearts. She was at a different school here in Wollongong. We met through mutual friends. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, talk yeah. a little bit about that little love story. Yeah, man. So we met through. Not that of, little. That's a massive love story. It is, yeah. bro. It is. It's really cool. And met through mutual friends. One of um, her best friends was at school with me and she was at an all-girls school here in Wollongong. And we met at a party. Yeah, at a friend's yeah birthday party, and I, I think I gave her my jacket because she was cold. How old are you at that time? Ah, uh, like seventeen or so, sixteen, oh, seventeen. Yeah, that's cool. And I think we've got a photo. We've still got a photo from the first night we met, which is pretty cool. And I did actually. I think I asked her for a kiss, and she said no. <laughs> yeah. So if you're listening, that fuck you. <laughs> it's funny because um, I'm just gonna jump quickly into that because that same story. Yeah. Fucking similar. So it's not similar really, but the photo because I was older. When I met Cassie and they were kissing yeah. outside yeah. of uh, on Hayman Island where we were, and then you fucking, met on Hayman Island, yeah, yeah, right, on hol- separate holidays. We we'll get about we're talking about you. Okay, just, okay. <laughs> I'm just inputting my little input quickly. <laughs> I tried to get out of it. <laughs> um, so anyway, we're just fucking making out, and it's amazing. And I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna get some. <laughs> <And> then, <laughs> I didn't know she was gonna become fucking my life partner. Yeah, but um, so we're kissing, and then she say, anyway, good night. Right in, right inside, yeah. and lock the door. Like I hit, you know, when you that she she slide the door is fine, but yeah. like I hear the click. Yeah. It's like you're not coming in, <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh, I love her. <laughs> but yeah, keep going. She, she didn't want to kiss you. She did not want to kiss. Um, so then, I think I pursued her for a little while, and and was rejected a few times, which, as we know, sometimes makes you just want want that person even more. Yeah. But, yeah, there was definitely something about her, so didn't give up. And we ended up finally hooking up a little while later and, yeah, spending yeah, dating through high school and then we um, just grew closer and closer together and ended up getting engaged on our first holiday. We went to Thailand, Koh Samui. Mm-hmm. We're over there doing Muay Thai together. and uh, Muay Thai? Yeah. Good. I've done a couple of camps over there. But these are funny stories that – you know, she loves to she loves to sleep and loves early nights, etc. And I had a ring in my pocket, and we're at our favorite restaurant in Koh Samui on the beach. We'd been there before, and there's a really nice deck. And then you can walk down to the sand and have uh, there's like bean bags and fire on the sand. Mm-hmm. And I go, okay, I'm gonna go down the sand and propose. So we had dinner, 
And then after that, I said, oh, we'll go and have a drink or dessert or something down on the sand. And I had this ring in my pocket, burning a hole in my pocket, like wanting to propose. And it was about nine o'clock or something. She's like, oh, I'm tired. Let's just go home. And I'm like, oh, let's just go and have one drink <laughs> down there. And I'm thinking, fuck, I'm going to propose here. Like, just come and have one drink. And she's like, no, I want to go home. You like, nervous too? Just, well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, just come and have one drink. No, 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 let's go. We're going home. Okay, let's go home. So, she, you know, she didn't get proposed to that night because she wanted to go home. But uh, the it's funny. following night, yeah. No, no, go ahead. Oh, the following night we went to a different restaurant in a resort and then we had dinner and as soon as we finished dinner, I said, okay, let's go for a walk on the beach just before she wanted to go home. And, um, yeah, we just walked along the, along the sand on the beach and beautiful spot and then, yeah, just dropped down and proposed to her there and that was that was amazing. And then I remember we went had a beautiful holiday and we've been there back a couple of times over there. But, uh, yeah, we've been together for over 15 years now and now she's 23 weeks pregnant with our little boy. Yeah, I was going to say that's yeah. – that's the next challenge trauma that's coming in. <laughs> it is definitely a little be. trauma, but it's it's a good one. Though. <laughs> and I think it, I'm so, I would say excited to see like how you get, yeah, I'm excited to see how you're going to handle it with yeah. like being so busy in your business and involved in your business Yeah, and see how you can handle that because that's, that's going to be challenging, mm. obviously. It's going to yeah. be fun. Yeah. Yeah, it's very interesting. What would you say has been the biggest challenge about being a father um, I think it's hard because I work a lot at home the big that that's definitely the biggest challenge because she's they're so fucking cute and um like just say she comes in here or I always want to be involved yeah like there's some there's some there's so much time that you can put into like as fucking bad as it sounds that you can put into your kid when you're the main person that's bringing the income in the house. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think it's a little bit different because you're like you've got a good team that can mm. help you out. Yeah. Um, obviously, you make like the decision and things like that. And it, no, it's I'm your super, business. But super you're lucky to have yeah. the team that we do. Fuck yeah. But um, yeah, the challenge, it's, I don't know, wasn't. Mm, you no. said something interesting the other day about how, and it made me think too, like how will I handle the amount of time that will have to go into the family that will then, yeah, on the business and on myself as well, which is interesting. And yeah, I don't know how it's all going to go, but it's something that I'm at the moment trying to use as motivation to, yeah, put things in place so that, um, I can handle it a little bit better. But you know what's something that I've been thinking about a lot lately has been really interesting is just how how much we protect our time and energy. Because, mm -hmm. for example, you know, in a in a work sense and productivity sense too, if I'm at the gym sometimes and there's literally hundreds of people coming through the door every day, which is amazing and, and very social and stuff, but it's just very unproductive as well. It's very hard to get in in, in a good state to get a lot yeah, of work yeah. done. And and you like to have a good chat. Absolutely. Love <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I love it, man. I love it. But, which is good. I wish I was like that. Yeah. Um, but it also has downsides as well where it's not the most productive as well. So, yeah, lately I've been thinking a lot about, you know, who am I putting time and effort and energy into and just trying to be really careful with that too because – well, I think no. I think that's um that's, I think that's who you are though, and I think that's the reason why you're so successful 
in your business mm. is because uh, you go out there and greet everyone that comes in. You remember their names and that's something that makes people feel special. Yeah. No, I think that's pretty important. Like I love, yeah, the social environment and stuff too, but I guess as things scale, as the business grows and then you add – because you can't just – add more things in without taking some out, right? Mm -hmm. So like if you talk about a membership base growing over years and then you add in another little human that I've got coming, a son, and it's like, well, what what's going to come out? Oh, man, yes. The the biggest challenge is yeah. to have the – is that you lose – you don't lose, but I'm sure parents can re fucking relate. I'm yeah. sure we're not the only relationship that goes through that. No, fuck no. Is that you kind of lose your relationship. Mm. you kind of like it's there's no more of you and that yeah yeah it's like you baby uh ice man yeah and uh nat yeah, yeah yeah that's that's crazy because like it's been sometimes it's challenging and then the other day it was cassie's birthday and i took her out for dinner that you recommended and it yeah. was fucking amazing yeah nice and we had like the best time in a very long time, just like deep and meaningful, but like good conversation, yeah. not like bad. It was just amazing time. It was yeah. just me and her and yeah, that was amazing. And, and it doesn't happen very often. Yeah, you never. Yeah. But then you have your family. We just, it's me and Cassie here. And when we were in Melbourne, it was me and Cassie. Yeah. So we kind of. It makes it harder, doesn't yeah. it, when you don't have that support network around yeah, you yeah, a little yeah, bit yeah. more. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. So, yeah, you've got people and that's got people around. So I Yeah, think we've got family around which mm. will help. But biggest thing before is not even here yet and um, it's forced – not forced me but it's encouraged me to to level up as a person and analyse things a little bit more closely where I spend time and how I'm developing as a as a man, as a leader, as a dad as well. Like what – and I've sat in a, in a meditation before and asked myself the question what type of – role model do I want to be? And sometimes the questions like things come up that normally you might be able to ignore stuff but when you ask yourself pretty confronting questions like, you know, well, all right, what are you going to do in this situation? You're going to have the uncomfortable conversation you need to have. Are you going to, you know, yeah, level up for example and and play a bigger game and, you know, face some more fears and shit like that? It can be a really good way to force more personal growth in a pretty short amount of time. Yeah. But – Going back to um, how you started definition. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck, we got off track there, didn't we? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> how um, how did it all – so obviously you met Nat. So Nat has been through the whole process of you growing to be fucking yeah, who you man. are now and the, the business. Yeah. Um, yeah. So she – yeah, so – Mainly about working, you, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was working at uh, a cafe at the time. I started washing dishes, saying another uh, – Thing that we both did. Something that's uh, fucking crazy. Cassie fucking loves her sleeps. Yeah. Like she could sleep 10 hours. And it's really? funny that you said that. About that. Yeah. Yeah. Same, man. She's <laughs> the best. Um, no wonder we get along so good. Yeah, that's <laughs> We're crazy. We're fucking the same. Um, so I was working at a cafe. I started washing dishes when I was about 14 and a half or 15 or something because I wanted to be able to yeah, make some money and help out the household and stuff because it wasn't easy with a single mum bringing my brother and myself up. But then I was playing soccer and um, I was just into the gym. I loved training. I loved being fit and healthy and wanted to get bigger, etc. And then when I was playing soccer, I used to – I was addicted to the gym. I was always training. And um, I started to train some of my mates from soccer. They asked me if some, for some advice and we'd go in the gym together and I would take them through sessions and, you know, put them through 
were you even session. a trainer just then or they were no. just seeing how good you were getting? Well, it's just because, yeah, I, I'd been in the gym for quite a few years. I started training when I was like 16. Yeah. So when I was like 18, 19, um, yeah, some of the guys were like, oh, can I come to the gym with you? And like, and I would just naturally show them because I had a bit more experience and really enjoyed it. It was yeah, just yeah, a passion yeah. of mine as well. Yeah. And I remember a good friend of mine said to me, oh, you're really good at, you know, training these guys are really enjoying it and stuff. Why don't you do your certification to be a PT? And I ended up doing it, signed up, did the course online while I was still working at the cafe and then got myself qualified. And it worked out really good where the cafe I was working at was really close to the gym. So I built up – I knew a lot of people in the area because Wollongong was only fairly small. Yeah. And then I made the transition from – uh, working at the cafe and, and being a barista making coffees to being a PT. And I remember like that was something that stands out for me where it was I had the opportunity to become a PT and I was going to leave my full-time job, which was paying like okay, and go into that and start a business there. And my boss said to me, you should just maybe take a couple of days off and just do it, do a slow transition to be safe and make sure that you've still got a little bit of income coming in from your cafe job. But I just knew like I knew there was something bigger and better and I was just hungry and passionate and stuff. So I just decided to go all in. Yeah, and I said, yeah. look, I really appreciate the offer to stay here and do a little bit, but I know what I want to do and I'm loving it and I'm just going to devote everything I've got to that. So I left the cafe, went in, built a good client base in a short amount of time and then started doing outdoor stuff and then uh, yeah, ended up leaving fitness first, grew a big brand outside and then opened up our first space uh, six years ago now. That's amazing. And it's crazy um, yeah. because that was your passion. And I would, that would have been – so you say you walked, you worked on the side and that would have been a little bit of – you can call it a passion project on the side. Yeah. So you did the qualification. Yeah. You were training people but you're still a little bit working in the cafe, wasn't it? Yeah, I wasn't a fit, like I wasn't getting paid to train, train anybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I was still yeah training friends. and People that you like knew. That. Yeah. Yeah. And then you fully went all in. So I put a post yesterday and, yeah, just explaining about your passion. Mm. And I just really – through this podcast, I really want younger people to understand that you can either go all in, which is what I do too yeah, and what you did, yeah. or you can also, let's say, work somewhere or let's say you want to study but your parents want you to study but you don't want to study um, to – follow like a passion project that you've got yeah. and keep like watering it until it might take two, five, 10, 20 years. Yeah. But then at some stage you're going to be fully living from doing what you love. Yeah. And that's, that's something I really want to like younger people to understand. And is that what you did? Uh, nah. Well, can't, but it's hard to say because I, my thing is that I kind of tasted everything because I worked everywhere. I traveled a little bit. Um, and I always had like a camera in my hand and shit like that. Yeah. And I was working in marketing and I understood, oh, working in marketing at winning, I understood how I could grow, grow my business fairly quickly. Mm. And I know myself, I become, became really self-aware at working there that like when I want, because you would know too that I think you're this type of person when you want something, you can easily make it happen. Yeah. Yeah, cause it's not hard to – it's not that hard to make money. Mm. Something I told you a few times. Yeah. When you realize that fucking anything is possible. It's a mindset thing as well. I was having a conversation the other day about 
a scarcity mindset versus an abundance mindset. And some people think that there's only a certain amount of money to go around or there's only a certain amount of success to go around or, you know, if, um, yeah, it's not, not possible too. But like you said, yeah, when you, when you cultivate that mindset around it not being that difficult, it's uh, pretty, pretty empowering. So I've got a question for you. Yep. We talk about – before we jumped on the podcast, we're talking about self-belief and how you put up a good post yesterday or recently about cultivating greater self-belief and less um, less worry about what people think. Mm-hmm. And what have been some of the biggest things that have helped you cultivate a greater self-belief to chase your passion and do what you want to do and create a life for yourself and for your family? Oh, to be honest, I don't. I've, I just talked about it before and uh, self-belief is something I've really struggled with because I think when I was younger, uh, my dad was kawaii. I think he was angry with himself. So I'm just going to go through the process of wh- why I didn't have any yeah. confidence. So I'm still struggling sometimes w- with confidence, which changed like four days ago. Yeah, I think now I just don't give a shit. Yeah. I don't know what happens. Probably a lot of stuff that I talked about in the other podcast I've so you talked about the I am affirmation. Yeah. So I listen to um, I am affirmation while I sleep, which is called, uh, it's from Rising Higher Meditation or something on yeah. YouTube. I'll put the link below and uh, on the screen right there. And I've been listening to that. And for like two weeks, it was really tough. I was really fucking in the bad space. And all of a sudden, two, three days ago, just like a lot of anger just disappeared. Yeah. And I can't really explain. It's like a drug that just I just started taking. Yeah. And I just feel so much better. Um, but so, so com- coming going any learnings from that? What was it like what changed, what shifted that we yeah. can share with the crew? That's uh Do you that know? Would, no. Yeah, right. I don't. It's I'm really confused, honestly. Mm. I'm aware of it because I can actually feel let's say um like lots of ego stuff that I would Hold on, and let's say someone would say something. I would say something like to nag, but now I'm like, fuck, I don't need to say that. Or let's say I have a conversation that goes to nowhere, or like, you know, conversation that you just argue with someone. Yeah. You want to argue, but then you're like, like, this is going nowhere. And yeah. You know, it's going to go nowhere. So I just end, I just, I don't go there. Yeah. It's crazy. Just yeah. in my mind, I can see. I'm like, fuck, this is going nowhere. Yeah. You're right. <laughs> That's the biggest thing is that, like we said before, about guarding your energy as well. That's just wasted energy. Yeah. Going into that as well that you could put into something else, to cultivating the life you want or your business or even your family, your daughter. And understanding when you have these thoughts or the these egocentric thoughts that you want to say something back or yeah. just understanding it before saying it yeah. is so important and then you just move on. Yeah. But yeah. To talk about, yeah, I don't know. I don't think we need to. I need to get into. I think I was told a lot when I was a kid that I wasn't good enough. Yeah, right. And then it's just like four days ago that I realized that maybe from realizing everything that I'm building and I'm, I can do this, yeah. and I can do everything that I'm doing because I'm doing it. Yeah. Then I understand that fuck, I'm good enough. Because mm. um, like receiving, we talked about I hate to receive gifts yeah. last time. Or receiving compliments, I yeah. always feel like, are they just saying that? Is it that that was playing in my head? But yeah. now I think about fuck, like people are saying that a lot now. Yeah, yeah. I think I'm supposed, I'm probably receiving a lot more 
are open to receiving more love. Yeah. It's funny because when we had that conversation, I was like, I don't know, man. I don't, I, I just can't. And yeah. now it's different. It's just a few days ago. Yeah. Well, That's, one of the things we talked about is what is your ability to yeah, actually yeah. accept that and, and I, you know, yeah, and like think about that too because a lot of people subconsciously struggle to accept positive feedback and will brush it off mm-hmm. and it's a self-talk thing that's going on subconsciously in your mind about, no, I'm not good enough so I'm just going to disregard what they said or I'm going to tell myself a story that they're just saying that because they want the X or it's making them feel better or whatever it might be. But being aware of it and then going, well, hang on a second, where is the truth in that? Mm-hmm. Can I accept that? And allowing yourself to, yeah, look for the truth in it as well and accept it because, um, yeah, if you're always shutting it down and blocking it out, for example, there's a lot of, yeah, just nice positive things with truth to them that you could be constantly just, um, yeah, pushing away. Yeah, yeah, And then we talked about it as well that you listen to how many people, and this happens to me all the fucking time as well, is that how many times do we brush off some of the positive feedback or not really think about it too much and then just obsess over the negative feedback. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like if I get one comment on a video or something mm-hmm. like that, like there might be – and again, I spoke to Kerwin Ray and and his 2IC Marie about this as well and he's, he's putting out content, saving lives, changing mindsets, saving marriages, improving people's mental health every day, getting hundreds, thousands, millions of views on some of his videos mm-hmm. and even he will obsess over – one negative comment. Yeah, that's it's fucked, eh? That's crazy, and that's that's how why I think that's how it all started. This "Who Are You" and going deep yeah. podcast. That's when I think that's when the shift started for me, to be yeah. honest. And then we talked about it, and then I, yeah. But fuck, what did you just talked about? I can't remember. I had a question for you. Well, we're just talking about yeah, accepting positive feedback, negative feedback, and allowing yourself to see yes. the truth in some of that. So I think there's a lot – so it's funny because a few a few days ago, again, I would – let's say – because you scroll through Instagram. For, yeah, we yeah. all do it. I'm not yeah. going to lie. I scroll through it. Yeah, fucking up. And um, all I would see would be like negative stuff or someone would say – I would see something and in my mind it would be like a little bit on the back, like negative shit. Yeah. And in the last few days – I don't know if that's going to last, but I'm going to still do everything that I can, like the I am affirmation and everything. Yeah. But – all I'm seeing now, it's let's say there's something negative. I would just like fucking scroll, or I, it doesn't even come in my mind. And I'm seeing a lot of um, positive shit. Yeah, and I think I don't know. I think it's a shift too. I think the younger genera- generation is a lot more awake that we are. I don't know. I don't know why. Yeah, you know something I was thinking about yesterday too is be ve- be absolutely fucking ruthless on who you're following and what you're following and what you're consuming. Like we're in control to to a point with a lot of the stuff that we're consuming on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. And one of the simplest ways of that is who are you following? And like I did it the other day too, I went through and I'll look at thing and if people are posting shit that, I don't know, it doesn't really, it's not good for my mental health, mm-hmm. unfollow, unfollow, yeah, unfollow. Yeah. Like seriously, man. Like fuck, why would you want to consume somebody's content that's making you feel more insecure? Obviously – your perception of it, the filter that you're looking at it through, all these things are super important. But if you can remove some of that shit from your life, then you fucking should do so. Yeah, you should. I should. I used to follow the Kardashian, and I stopped. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, there you go. Like, 
You know, it's um No, I'm just trying to be funny, but I'm not. But um, it's it's very true. And I think a lot of people, yeah, don't realise that you do have a little bit more power than you might think in some aspects like that as you well. You have all the power, man. Yeah. You, that's like I unfollow like people that are fucking really close to me if I think if I don't align with what if it's not like yeah, you, you know, possibly affecting influencing my life in some way, shape or form. It's like, well, why should I consume that? If there's any like I started calling this life a game because I feel like we're in a fucking simulation. A lot. Yeah, the Matrix. And I've never watched it actually oh, and I need to watch it. You should. Yeah. It's not my favorite movie ever. And yeah, I put a – actually just this morning, like I think you're the, the – you're like the player that's in control of everything. Yeah. And you can actually do everything and everything that happens is like it's your fault. Mm. No one else's fault. Yeah. And obviously you're in like your parent. You can even – well, I've done it. Obviously that stays with me but completely reprogram. I was just a really angry person. Yeah, right. It's just changed a little bit. But, yeah, you can change anything, everything you can. Yeah. You can like reshape everything that you want. You can do anything you want. And that's something I want to get across to, speaking with people, interviewing people that mm. – are successful or that have a very interesting story that doesn't need to be successful. I think the story is always the most important thing. Yeah. I think that um, you can do anything. You can literally do anything you want. Yeah. Yeah. It's really cool to realize that and, and explore it too. And you know, something I was thinking before in terms of cultivating greater self-belief, here's a little tip, I guess, that I found works is if you, struggle with limiting beliefs and you struggle with yeah self-belief is set yourself some goals and some targets just small ones though so what is something that you want to achieve and just like five ten percent outside of your comfort zone and put some work into achieving that and then once you achieve that then take another little step and another little step and another little step and over time it starts to cultivate a mindset well hang on i am capable of a little bit more than what i thought and just being persistent in that as well in that, yes, you're not going to achieve everything but just making sure that some people tend to bite off more than they can chew or try to completely shift their lives from one minute to another, which, yeah, can be done in extreme circumstances. It, it can happen as well. But I think cultivation, everything needs work. It needs time. It needs patience. It needs consistency, persistence and stuff like that too. Like you're not going to completely shift your mindset or your self-belief in, in one second. Yeah. And going back to um, the who you are question. Yeah. So have you always been um, – because you fucking get up early. Yeah. And I've tried and I can't. <laughs> <laughs> have you always been like that or you just started nah, slowly? Were you fucking sleeping in or like what? I used uh, to stay up later and, yeah, just yeah, be that, like – Yeah, you just adjusted that. On my phone and et cetera, but then just started to – yeah, get off the phone a bit earlier and wake up earlier and just found it to be pretty productive in the morning where there's less distractions and time to be nice and creative too. So enjoying that time and space to get stuff done. And another thing as well is like set up the day. I used to wake up a lot of times and be like running late, for example. So have a client or have an appointment or something and you wake up and like it's just – you're just reactive to the day. Mm-hmm. So you wake up, like I've got to go, shower – slam a coffee, run out the door, you know, and train a client and, you know, help look after them, etc. But what I've found and through studying and research, for example, how important it is 
to take the time in the morning and just – it doesn't really matter so much what time that this is done at, but just structure your day the way you want it to run. So it's like what mindset do you want to carry into that day? What intention do you want to carry into that day? What are some objectives you need to get um, – you need to prioritize that day before you get consumed in that reactive mindset of – emails and social media and people asking for stuff and whatever because if you don't prioritize your number one goals that are going to move you forward to create the life you want Mm -hmm. no other motherfucker is going to do that for you you know what i mean yeah i do so would you say that so that's something that i ask you before me a bit selfish but i'm sure other people would relate to that so let's say um would you say that it doesn't matter the time that you get up Let's say it could be fucking six, seven, eight. Yeah. It's like as long as you have a plan, you yeah. plan your day's plan. Yeah, I Let's don't think you, that yeah. getting up super early is the key because – Because like, it works for you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And think about it. Like someone could still wake up really early and still be very unproductive in terms of the bigger picture mm-hmm. of achieving the, their goal, uh, their goals in life and business, et cetera, right? So some people – you know, I'm – sure there's very successful entrepreneurs, business owners and just, you know, people in general who might wake up at 10 or 11 Mm a.m. But they're just nice and clear and productive with their time and energy as well. Because you you said a really good point before, bro, which was it's not about how many hours we can work. It's not about how hard you can grind all the time. It's about how productive can you be. Mm -hmm. Because a lot of times this is a process I do in business and write down like goals for the whole year, right? And sometimes there'll be like, you know, 20, 30, 40 things I can do with my business in a year. And then what we do is to go through, okay, if I do two, three, four of these things, which ones of these are going to have the greatest impact on the direction I want it to go? Yeah, yeah. And what will cancel out some of the others or whatever it is. And then you just focus on those because – we can't focus on 47 things all at once, right? Yeah. Or you can, but you won't do very well at them. So I think getting clarity on that and prioritizing is one of the biggest things I've learned, like working with Curran and K2 and stuff. Yeah, I want to get into that. Yeah. Um, I think it's who you are also because um, I'm more of a creative. That's uh, something that we actually probably don't have in common at all is that you work hard and I feel like you have a little bit of a plan or if you didn't know, mm. you ask for help. Yeah. Where I think that's probably something I'm going to realize in uh, right now, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is I'm really creative and I have a shitload of ideas all the time. Yeah. I kind of go with the flow a little bit, but yeah. I struggle to. So I took your advice. I put some shit on the wall. Yeah, yeah. I love and uh, it's not a plan, but at least it's, I see it because yeah. I work in here. Yeah. And that's reminding me that I need to do those things all the time. Yeah. So I don't, I don't, Think that's the greatest thing ever. Hey, but it's still awesome though. What would you um for you in working with Kerwin? What's um the biggest uh, learning that you had working with the the team so far with Kerwin and like how just a shift because you would have a shift in something working with him. Yeah. What's the difference that is it made in your business? But what's one thing that you can like share maybe? Yeah. That make the biggest difference with him or with his team? The biggest thing by far was taking a greater level of ownership for the things going on in my business and the success or failure of 
my business and the productivity of my team and things like that. Because I never forget, I went to the first event with him, Nail It and Scale It, which was a three-day intensive, full-on, massive three days. And one of the biggest things he said was, you know, everything in your life is your is your fault. And one of the biggest quotes and best quotes that he said that I really resonated, he goes, there's no such thing as a bad team. There's only bad leaders. Mm-hmm. And that really hit me because I had a mindset that certain people in my team weren't performing at the highest level and they're not putting enough effort and they're not, um, yeah, as productive as they could be and, and just like this bit of a blame game going on, you know. And it was funny because – Trying that, to blame someone of the team for something that doesn't go right. That's right. Yeah. yeah so um, – but whose job is it to lead, lead the team? Mm-hmm. Whose job is it to inspire the team? Whose job is it to learn how what what drives them, what motivates them, what inspires them? You know, everybody's different. How do they like to be communicated to? Do they like um, opportunities? Do they want monetary bonuses? Do they want different things? What are their values? What are their biggest values in their life mm-hmm. that if I can connect their values to the business values and mission, for example, will unlock performance through the fucking roof? Yeah. And I was like, Wow. Yeah, because I was playing this biggest playing game. And you know what else was that my business, my business turned over the same amount for about three years in a row. But guess what else? The amount I was spending from the business was going up and up and up. So remember mm-hmm. before I said earn more, spend more? Yeah, yeah. We weren't even fucking turning over more. We were like, yeah, the, the business grew really well in our first space. Then we reinvested a fuckload into the second space, put a lot more equipment into it and stuff. But the turnover stayed about the same for quite a few years. And that's when I knew I go, fuck, something – he isn't right, and guess what? The problem was, it was me. Yeah, yeah. seriously, it was. Yeah, my- but it's uh, that's that's something so powerful to realize because that you, yeah, you realized it. And here's something interesting as well. As I've been in that program for twelve months now, and we've had about forty percent growth in twelve months. That's crazy. After three years of staying the same, I've, I've got a quick question. I'm gonna ask it just after I'm going to take a piss. Yeah, nice. <laughs> you want some water, man? Yeah. Do you have to go quickly soon or? Um, yeah, probably another yeah. 20. Yeah, cool. So my question is, I tell you all the time that your social media is amazing. And like I'm, I used to do that for my, like market, social media marketing. Yeah. Did you start being out there and doing your life, not your lives, but your videos and stories stuff. and all the time, which is ne- getting into even next level now because I'm doing some of it. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I'm, jo- I'm yeah, joking. Yeah, yeah. But was your social always like this or it started with Kerwin, you realized that, fuck, I need to do more. Yeah, that's well, – I was doing stuff on socials before but never to the, the level that it is now and trying to give – like share more and, and as well another big thing as well is trying to cultivate just a little bit more – authenticity as well about some of the stuff that I'm just really passionate about as well. Cause sometimes like I've, I have a lot of fear around judgment and fears around, um, yeah, what people will say and stuff like that. Right. You know, we all, we all do, but there's something I realize that holds me back a fair bit. And sometimes, and this is something cool that I, that I heard about recently too, is like to really think about when you, if you are worried about what somebody's going to think or say, you can really actually a lot of times narrow it down to who that person is and 
why is it that you're worried about what they're going to say or think or whatever. Mm-hmm. But a lot of the stuff that I talk about on my social media now when I do stories like walking to the gym early in the morning or whatever, it's literally it's just the shit that's on my mind. Yeah. That's that's like brain dumping. That's what I want to do yeah. with when I'm by myself doing some – yeah, brain dumping, but it will just be on a – on a podcast for myself. Yeah. But yeah, I think that's super important. That's probably like liberates your mind a lot to not have this on your mind. And you know what else I spoke about the other day too was most of the time, like when I do a story in the morning and I'm like, you know, um, are you letting other people's limiting beliefs affect your own success and et cetera, et cetera. Most of the time they're the, th- I'm talking to myself. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because I go through that stuff every single day and I'm like, well, if I'm going through it, there's probably other people who are thinking yeah. that are going through it as well. I laugh, but like it's not funny because that's one of the most things – that's something that I realized just fucking four days ago again mm. and that's that's crazy how much it stops people of what anything that you – so let's say people getting a job that they need to gain some, uh, some money or whatever yeah. or to – we're talking about materialistic shit before yeah. – Let's say I live here and I want to take uh, my passion project or I'm going to be making half of, I'm just putting like an example yeah. in, in out there. You're going to be making half of the money that you want. Like what should, people wouldn't do that because they're scared of like what their friends are going to think about. Mm. Does that make sense? 100%. So then, then again, that's not even you because you want to do what you want to do, but then you're not doing it just because you Scared of what your parents or what your friends gonna say or look at this guy's moving out at your mom's house. It could be whatever. Yeah. Like, yeah. but you're not thinking long term. That's the thing. And this is another thing that Kerwin Ray talks a lot about, and a lot of different people will as well. Is the like being herd animals, for example, mammals. We want. Yeah, he to, talks about that a lot. Actually, I like that a lot. It's just a mm. really good understanding as well. And, so, and I even like to draw it where you, if you see, I don't know. Yeah, I've, like, I think I've seen which one you're talking about. Yeah. Is it um, – I can't picture it. But yeah. Well, it's pretty much just like we want to feel – we constantly um, want to feel accepted and we want to feel a part of our peers and we want to be respected and we want to, yeah, be welcomed and stuff too. So here's the thing. If you've got a group of friends and you – and they talk down to you for chasing your dreams, for example, in some way, shape or form – that subconsciously makes you want to well, maybe I'll just stop chasing my dream so that when I see my friends they don't um, they're not pushing me out of that circle and I fit in with them. Do you know do you know how long it took me to say out loud when people were asking me what do you do for a living to say I'm a filmmaker? And then I just realized not long ago that fuck it's fucking cool. Yeah. When I say out loud yeah. I'm a filmmaker. Yeah, that's what I do for a living. Yeah. And I was so insecure to say it out loud because people would say Oh, or like ask you questions about it, but yeah. now I'm comfortable. And I would be, I would talk about it and let's say Cassie's family would ask um, what I do and what do you do, what business, like what, because it's for you to, my main thing is for like feel less motivation yeah. and explaining to them that, yeah, they're a YouTube channel. And I think like 90, probably 95% of people don't understand the money that you can make yeah. through YouTube. And um, that's something I was always embarrassed to talk about. And Let's say what some, did you say when they asked you what do you do? What would you say? I would say oh, I make videos yeah. or like uh, yeah, but I would be really insecure saying it out loud because it's of crazy. Ju- their judgment. Yeah, 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 yeah. But even 
I didn't believe in myself that I could do this. Yeah. I think now that it's been like two years and in the last few days I'm realizing really and getting like confirmation from someone that you love that you're actually doing it. And yeah. I'm like, fuck. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Fuck, it's crazy just realizing it. I'm yeah. just like getting teary right now. Yeah. Yeah. That's like, hang on a second. I am a motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's crazy. When I first started personal training, I had a few people ask me, so what do you do? I'm a personal trainer. You know what the reply I got was, yeah, but what's your real job? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, what else do you do? Mm. And in my head, but yeah, from early on I had a decent mindset. There's, you know, what else do you do? Nothing else. Like, you know, and, and I guess I think maybe I use that as a bit of a driver. It's like I'll, I'll show you. Like I'm not just a personal trainer, for example, and end up growing a business, allowing my wife to sell her cafe, come into the business, and now we've got a team of 12 people and, you know, grow it to a, to a really good space. Um, to the point where now I get job applications on a regular basis, people wanting to work for us, um, which is really cool. But, yeah, some people, I guess, have that yeah small mind or can't see opportunity or can't see – and you hear it all the time as well and you might see this is like everybody wants to be a videographer or a photographer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone wants to be a personal trainer. Well, yeah, that's great, but there's a difference between being one and being really good at it or being really passionate about it or really dedicating your life to making it work. Yeah, I think uh, the main thing that I said to someone, because I, I drive, so let's say I meet models, I take a lot of photos yeah. and um, I like to use that drive to get to know, again, that who you are question. Yeah. And um, a lot of something that I understand is you're pretty, you're a driven person. And if you wouldn't be, you would probably, you wouldn't be where you are right now. Mm. You could just be comfortable at fitness first, yeah. making a good amount of money and just yeah. doing whatever. But I think it just depends on, I don't think I'm the best fucking filmmaker in the world or videographer in the world. It's just um, like going for it yeah. sort of mentality. Yeah. And knowing that I can make it happen. Yeah. Yeah. I think if you have that mentality over someone that's um, – so there's something that people say is that someone is probably doing what you want to oh, do. Oh, bro, I was just thinking that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's true though. There's people out there less qualified than you yeah, are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Doing, doing more than you yeah. or living the life that you want just because, yeah, they're having a go. Yeah, exactly. It's not even – it's just having to – I like, sent that to the team not that long ago, mm, that quote, and it's so fucking true yeah. as well. Like – yeah, it's, it's passion. It's the passion, being passionate about it and just having a go. Yeah, and to me, I love seeing people yeah, have a go, even if they're not doing the greatest job in the whole world, but it's just really inspiring to see people willing to put themselves out there and have a go. And I think it's really interesting to be aware of like when we judge people because a lot of times if we see somebody trying to do something, and we start to judge that person or look, they're not a very good trainer or the information they're putting out is not that good or look at the quality of their videos or, you know, I can speak better than that or whatever. Yeah, but you're not doing it. That's right. Yeah. And what you're actually judging as well, you're judging yourself. Yeah, exactly. And that's something I was doing so much with seeing videographer and filmmaker that I'm even like friends with. I, yeah. would, I would see that and be like, fuck, I can do better than this. Yeah. And like it's – yeah, it's such a shit thing to think like – to be in your brain. Yeah, well, it's a mindset that certainly doesn't serve you very well, does it? It doesn't do anything. It's just it doesn't actually do nothing good. Yeah. Just like get out of your mind and yeah. just be happy that that person is doing something good and then that's when your mindset change, I guess. Yeah. 
Well, How man. Time was. Yeah, that's been an hour, 21 minutes. Shall we wrap it up for episode one? Yeah, man. It's a uh, fuck. It's this is going to become addictive. Even when you get people in. Yeah. When you, you know when you got a really good conversation and you're like, I do that a lot. I'm like, fuck, I don't, I don't want this fucking good conversation to end. Yeah. Yeah. But this was awesome. This was good, man. I'm gonna edit that right away. And get it out. Get it out today. To everybody listening, I'd like to say a big thank you for tuning in. Please, please leave some comments below and uh, questions, whatever you want to ask in a positive manner. <laughs> Sorry, I'm stuck. Let's start this again. Anyone, anyone that's watching this that watched the whole thing for an hour, 22 minutes, I just want to say thank you for the bottom of my heart. This is a passion, passion project for me. Thank probably, you, thank you, thank you. probably for you too. Yeah, man, yeah. I, I'm massively passionate about sharing, sharing a little bit more on yeah, journey and mindset, etc., and, yeah. and being here with you as well. So, thank you for the opportunity, brother, and thank you to everybody listening and watching. And uh, we'll if be... you have questions or yeah, anything, let us know. We'd love to see how we can share some more interesting shit. Yeah, and if you have a amazing fucking story to share and you want to share it. We'll, we'll chat with you. We? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, definitely. I think it'd be fun to, yeah, involve, get the people involved. And if you want to come in for a chat, let's, um, let's do it. Awesome. And jump on our socials, give the boys a follow and stuff. And we'll keep sharing some more cool shit across YouTube and Instagram and Facebook and everything else as well. Because one of my biggest motivators, is I want to be around people who want to improve, learn and grow as well. So if you enjoy lead, like reading and watching that sort of shit, then yeah, jump on, follow the journey and let's all grow together. And Yeah, man, let's uh, uh, grow a fucking community of what would you call it? Call it? I just say like-minded people yeah. that, you know, yeah, want to achieve fulfillment in life, whether, yeah, depending on how that looks for them, but want to be happy and create a life that they can be proud of. Yeah. I think you when you start having this type of conversation, that's when you start changing and um, that's what we're trying to do here. Just help people that maybe had a similar background to relate to our story and I don't think I'm like the most successful person in the world, but it's just to build from where you are now if you're not where you want to be and we are on our way as well so if you want to follow the journey and jump on board let's do this shit thank you so much for watching and we'll, we'll be back with the mess so yeah look forward to seeing you guys soon thanks for tuning in and watching peace from us and ain't no cosigns and label mom, I did it myself Ain't no complaints on my side, ain't no excuse I could blame I cut the grass to view the snakes, but yet I treat them the same Remain in humble case I stumble, yet they still say I change Now force my hand, I let it spill until they brain rearrange And artists of the century, a man they told you look up The one that swing his words like Spartan swords, so God say enough I never stop unless he say so, I'm not the one to unleash Producers, hell Mary, my DM, please just snap on my beats Cause I'm the one, nobody like me, no one's like me, that's facts I'm all drive, I change the standard every time that I guess I'm hey, on I work to find the finer things up in my life So I hustle I work to find the finer things up in my life So I hustle hey, I work to find the finer things up in my life So I hustle I work to find the finer things up in my life So I hustle 
I said I'm D-Rock with the lyrics, I shoot everything walking I'm all precision, bad decisions, taught the language I'm talking I'm chalking white lines for the labels who said I never turn heads The type of dudes I leave on scene cause they once left me on red Peeping phantoms, taking meetings at hotels out of budget Private face-to-face encounters that the cameras make public Sitting down with Gary V, putting the bullshit aside He said you found your lane, so grind, it's just a matter of time Don't ever sugarcoat a thing, cause that don't help no one's dream They want success or they want sympathy, it's just how it seems I'd rather not smile fake, I'd rather keep it on Gary I flick the switch and hit the lights and see who shines when it's scary See there's a reason that I'm here, been formulaic with faith I look mistakes right in the face and tell them show me my place And you should try to track me down and see the places I'm going And every vlog on the tube should get their soundtrack from rolling Hey, I work to find the finer things up in my life So I hustle I work to find the finer things up in my life So I hustle I work to find the finer things up in my life So I hustle